Good evening, church. Hello, everybody. Let's stand together. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. Always good to be here with the family of God. Good to see all your faces. What a beautiful day the Lord has given us today. We have a lot to be grateful for. Amen. So let's bow our heads and our hearts as we prepare for the word and worship as we come this evening to surrender to the King. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for all that you are. We thank you, God, that you came to rescue us and you came to redeem us, you came to save us. Lord, we know, God, that you just want all good things, Lord, for us, God, for those who love you. And we're just praying, Lord, that you would help us to empty us of ourselves tonight. We want more of you and less of us. We know we cannot do this thing called life without you. So we're asking more of you, Jesus, into our hearts. More of you, Father and Holy Spirit. We pray, God, that you would help us to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to what you have in store for us tonight. We know you have a word for us. We know you want to reveal yourself to us, and God, we're receptive to that. So we just come to your throne, ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray.
you, Adonai El Shaddai. You are the giver of life. Amen. There we go. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Not that we need a mic to worship, but... 
Lord, we praise you if we are in the mountain or we are in the valley. We know, God, that the darkness in this world and the bad things that happen do not negate your goodness. We know that you are in control. You are sovereign. You reign. You are already victorious. You are the light of the world. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Opened my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with
worship you. You are here. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you.
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Your glory, your majesty, Lord God, your kingdom. We bow before your throne tonight and humble ourselves. We profess you, Lord, to be our King and our God and our Lord and our Savior, our Messiah, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords of our lives. And we give you all the praise and glory, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, as we just humble ourselves before you, Lord, fill us tonight with a fresh filling of your Spirit. Renew our minds, Lord God. Renew our bodies. Renew, Lord, our souls tonight in your great power. And impart to us, Lord God, just a greater portion of your authority that as we leave this place, Lord God, we can accomplish your will, your way, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So stand with me. Tonight I'm going to talk to you about tzitzit. Tzitzit. Do you know that the Messiah, Yeshua, he wore tzitzit? And if you're wondering what Mebidbar means, that is the Jewish cycle of Torah readings, and this would be the 34th Torah reading, Numbers chapter 15, 37 through 40, if you were in a synagogue at this time. Tzitzit. So we're going to read from Numbers chapter 15, 37 through 41. If you'll notice there in red, tassels, the Hebrew word. Guess what it is? Tzitzit. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you may not follow the holotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined and that you may remember and do all the commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. And Lord Jesus, on this night we just humble ourselves. We come, Lord God, to your word. And many may be wondering right now, Lord, what does this have to do with them? But Lord, it has so much to do with all of us who know Yeshua as our Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord God, that you'd open up our hearts and minds to your word. Teach us, Lord, as we sit at your feet. I know, Lord God, you will blow some minds tonight as you have blown mine as I have studied this passage these last weeks. For in Jesus' name we pray this, amen. amen. So again, if you're looking there, the word tassels used three times in Numbers chapter 15, verse 37 to 41, and the word is tzit, zit. It's also used in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 12. It is essentially a concept of something that when the people of Israel would look to, it would remind them of God, remind them of his commandments, and remind them that they are his people. The way, the way to say it, that is a mosquito. And... You know how mosquitoes go? How do they sound when they buzz by your ear? Yeah, bees go bzzz, but mosquitoes go tzzz. And to make this pronunciation properly, you would say tzzz. Try it with tzzz. Tzzit. zit, Tzzit, zit. I don't know how many Hebrew words you know. It's worthwhile getting to know them. You know Yahweh, you know Elohim, you know Adonai, you know Yahweh, Shalom, Yahweh Tizikanu. Well, you just learned a new Hebrew word, kind of one that, that will stay with you. Tzitzit. Now, 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 18, the Lord said, Do not think that I have come to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill, for surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. One jot, a comma, a tittle, right? It's a tiny little accent mark. He came to fulfill the law. Jesus kept the law perfectly. He kept the law poorly, uh, pure, purely. And he kept the 613 laws of Moses. And he kept the law of the Tzitzit. So you remember the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, right? I just want you to notice that picture there. When she reached out, she grabbed the Tzitzit that Jesus was wearing, one of the four. In Matthew chapter 9, 19 through 22, and Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. He's following Jairus, going to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. His daughter died. He raised her from the dead. And behold, a woman which had diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years. She had her period for 12 years. By the way, it, it tells us in the Gospel of Mark, she had gone to the doctors. They basically extracted all of her money, and she didn't get even any better. She got worse. So here's this woman, which has diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years, and she came behind him, and he, she touched the hem of his garment. I want you to, to look. The hem of his garment, okay, that is what is called the kraspodon. That is, that is the Greek translation of the word tzitzit. So when they translated the Septuagint, the 70 elders of Israel, after the return from the Babylonian captivity, the Greek language was permeating, okay, the world. A lot of Jews were no longer speaking Hebrew, they were speaking Greek. So the 70 elders translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. And when they translated the word tzitzit, they translated to the word kraspodon. But the word here, the hem of his garment, that's his tzitzit in Hebrew. For she said within herself, if I may, but um, I may but touch his garment. So she is reaching out for what is his hemation. That is his cloak. She's saying, if I only can touch his cloak, this woman had great faith, I'll be healed. But her reach wasn't quite long enough. And she was only able to get his tzitzit. I want you to think about that. Because sometimes, right, our faith reach isn't quite good enough to grasp on to all of Jesus, but it can just be enough to touch his tzitzit and bring his blessing into our life. In Matthew chapter 14, 35 to 36, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word into all the surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick, and they implored him that they may touch the fringe, the craspodon, that they may just touch the fringe, they may touch the tzitzit of his cloak, and as many as touched it were cured. They just again, had this great act of faith. If I just touch, right, the tzitzit, one of the four that Jesus was wearing. Now, we also see the tzitzits were worn by the Pharisees. And in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, I'm sorry, verse 5, it says, but all their works they do to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarged, then the borders, there's, that's again, that's craspedon, they make their tisdits, right, very large. And that, again, was a, a sign of how spiritual, right? They're all show. They're all about image. They're basically a religious facade. By the way, the phylacteries in Deuteronomy 6, I was studying this yesterday morning. In Deuteronomy 6, the phylacteries, God said, take the word my commandments, and bind them on your head. Bind them on your wrists. 
Now, they took it literally, and uh, there's a lot of debate whether God meant it literally. So they made these boxes, and they put the scripture verses in them, and they'd wear them on their head. Well, you see Orthodox Jews and, and ultra-Orthodox Jews do that. Go to Israel, we see you know, them walking around. And they would bind them onto their wrists. I think God was really meaning to get them on your head, in your brain, and then to get the word of God on your hands. So it's not only affecting the way you think, but it's affecting your actions. But again, they took it uh, literally. So when it, when it came to the, again, the tzitzit, this is my prayer shawl. Do you see I have, I have tzitzits? Does anybody have tzitzits on their prayer shawl? Tom. My tzitzit is bigger than yours. <laughs> That's basically what the Pharisees were saying. I, got, I, I bought this when I was in Israel. I, I really, I really don't wear it. If you want to wear it, you can. But um, I think it was something special. But that's uh, the picture. By the way, let me let me just say let me say a few things about about the Pharisees. Jesus said, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You know what he meant, he meant by that? Is that when we're doing things, we, we don't do them for show. We don't do, we don't serve God, we don't give. But the problem, the problem with the Pharisees, again, everything about them was show. And in, in Matthew 6, Jesus rebukes them for three things. I just, I'll show this to you quickly. He said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward for, from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. When they would do a charitable deed, they would broadcast it to everybody. And what I started seeing when Facebook came into the church, I see people, this is what they do with Facebook. Every time they do a good deed, they put it up on Facebook. And um, I'm not on Facebook. It's funny, tonight I was, I was, uh, I was talking, we, we were talking um, up in my up in my office about you know some some spiritual things. I, I shared I was sharing things with you, and um, they're things I don't share with people. I was talking about just different things of situations that I've had of casting out demons, healing people, and um, it's not something I you know I I, I just I, I don't I don't broadcast them. Just and, and every day, every day, if you're in the spirit, you're going to, you know, you're going to be coming, you know, into contact with people who need God's grace and his love. But um, the Pharisees, again, every good deed they did, they blew the trumpet. I think a lot of that comes from being very ego-centered. And then in, in Matthew chapter 6, 5, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Right? They, they stand up. They, they want to be heard. They, they, you know, long prayers. I want to tell you, as a young believer, we had, um, we had moved into a new church building. I wasn't here at Living Word. I was at the Maranatha Church. We had moved from New Milford to Paramus, and we had a, a prayer meeting late into the night. And it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and um, this, this man got up, and I, I later found out he loved to be at the center of attention in the church. He was an actor, and he would basically get in front of the church, and he would act. But he prayed for 45 minutes. And he used words that I had never heard before. Now, now I'd probably understand them, but he was just waxing eloquently using these big, huge theological words. And he went on 45 minutes. I mean, it was 1 o'clock. This was, um, I mean, it was better than melatonin, you know, just putting, putting everybody to sleep. But just, you know, just, just filled himself. And then after he finished, this young kid came up and he stood in front, a teenage boy, and he cried. 
And he said, I want to pray a prayer of forgiveness for my father who raped me. That was his prayer. Everybody, just tears, quiet. Very different, right? Prayer from the person's heart as compared to the, you know, the windbag and um, just wanting to pray to be heard. You know, if you, if you look at the scriptures, most of the prayers are very short. Almost all of them are short. There aren't, there aren't really long prayers in scripture. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus, he said, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a, a sad countenance. Right, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. I've seen this, in, you know, in the church where people are like, "You come and say, hey, you, you know, you okay? I've, I've been, I've been fasting. You know, I've been, I've been fasting all morning. I've been fasting, you know, for the for the day." And again, it's it's just don't tell people, don't tell them. In in Matthew again twenty three five, Jesus he, he said but all their works they do to be seen by man. They make their phylacteries broad and they enlarge the borders of their garments. So they're walking around, again, these, these tassels, right? They just made them really long. And that was, that was a way, again, a way of them saying how spiritual, right? how deeply spiritual and pious I am. The, the, the thing, Jesus exposed them. Jesus exposed the, I mean, he totally exposed the Pharisees and the Sadducees for their hypocrisy. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you, a, this, this, is a, this is a Frank Bellella original. You can fool a fool. You can fool a friend. You can even fool the world. And you can fool yourself. But you can't fool God. And that's what, that's what these people were doing. They, they were fooling everybody, including themselves, but they couldn't fool Yeshua. And he exposed them. Now, the tzitzit, in accordance with what is said in Numbers chapter 15, it was given to the Jewish people as a reminder. And when we look at the text, first it was given to them as a reminder of their identity. To remind them of their identity. Your identity is that you are the chosen people. You are a peculiar people. You are a called out people from the nations. You are different. You are unique. You are special. Remember who you are. You are a kingdom of priests. You are a holy nation. This is what God said to Israel. Look, look at Numbers chapter 15, 41. I am the Lord your God. Watch, it says it three times the Lord says this. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Right? The Lord your God. Three times. I'm not the God of the Egyptians. I'm not the God of the Amorites. I'm not the God of the Edomites. I'm not the God of the Moabites. I'm not the God of the Canaanites or the Amalekites or the Amorites. I am your God. And you are my people. God says, you are my people. He says, I love you. And he makes this distinction of their identity. When you look to the tzitzit, remember who you are. I am your God. You are my special loved people. That was the purpose of this. When they would be looking at this, when they would put it on, it was to remind them who they are. Because we have a tendency to forget who we are. Uh, second, it was a reminder of God's commandments. First, it was to remind them that they are the chosen people and that God was their God. And now, they are to remember the commandments and act like it. When you look to the tzitzit, you're reminded of my commandments. Therefore, he says, obey them. Obey them. So look again. Look at the text, verse 37 through 40. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. 
and to put blue thread in the tassel of the corners, and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it. And remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. And that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy for your God. So they were reminders of the very commandments of God. And they were reminders of the call of God to obey his commandments. The to zizit was to be a trigger. We have triggers in our lives. It might be a, a picture, right? It reminds us of, of someone or something. And that's the, the purpose of the tzitzit. Back in the 90s, and many of you who were Christians, you know, back then, you may remember these. Right, Derek, did you wear them? Right? WWJD, what would Jesus do? Everybody had a WWJD bracelet. I didn't. I didn't. I, I've never been one to wear, I don't know if you noticed that stuff. I felt like I had the Holy Spirit in me, and I had the Word of God in me, and I felt that that was uh, enough to keep me on track. That's not a knock against those of you who, who were wearing the WWJD I don't know if you, if you notice, I don't wear a wedding ring. I haven't worn a wedding ring since the day we got married. I don't need a wedding ring to prove my faithfulness to my wife. I've been faithful to Sue. We've been married for 40 years. Let me tell you, I've been faithful to Sue for 45 years. Because we started dating. We started dating when I was 18 years old. And be, before, before we really made that commitment at 18 years old, I did kiss another girl. I was down the shore, and I kissed another girl. But, I, but we really hadn't made the commitment yet. But she was the last girl I ever kissed, right? Besides my wife, my mother, and my daughters. But I, I, I didn't need a wedding ring. I, I'm not. A, I don't. I don't like jewelry. I don't. You know. I don't wear. You know. Things around my neck. I don't wear things around my. You know. Hands. But I don't need a wedding ring to prove my faithfulness. And this was even again before I was a believer. Before I was a believer, I didn't need, you know, anything to prove my commitment of the covenant that I had made with Sue. So, you know, how, how many men commit adultery or women commit adultery have a wedding ring on? Though, they, they, they snap it off? Because it's not what you're wearing on your body, it's what you have in your heart. So, I didn't wear WWJD and... Uh, I don't wear a wedding ring. It's, it's what's in here. So, again, come back. Let me come back to the to Zidzit. So it was a sign of their identity, right, in the Lord. And it was a sign of them keeping the commandments of God. And then it was a sign of God's majesty. Now, how do we, we know God's majesty? I want you to look. See, it was... Basically, it doesn't tell us that it would be white. It's kind of assumed, and it seems like throughout history they all were white, but it has a blue thread running through it. And when you look at the, again, in the scriptures, blue, uh, let, me, let me take you through again, Numbers chapter 15, 37, 38. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel, tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout the generation and put a blue thread in the tassel of the corners. White speaks about the purity of God, his holiness. The blue speaks about his majesty. Now you can go through numerous passages, most in the Old Testament, I'll give, you, I'll give you one. Again, the majesty of God, Ezekiel chapter 126. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, the throne of God, as the appearance of sapphire. Sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above it. I believe that is some type of a Christopomorphism of Jesus. But the throne is sapphire. You know what the color sapphire is? That's sapphire. 
It's a, it's a deep blue. I mean, you really, you know, this, this whoever made this, God bless the, the Jewish man or women, but it's a deep blue. And it was to be a reminder of the very majesty of God. The throne of God is sapphire blue. And it, again, it is a reminder of God's majesty. Uh, what is the majesty of God? It's His power, it's His strength, it's His glory, His royalty, His, his kingship. He is the King of kings, He is the Lord of lords. And when they were to look at this, again, they were to be reminded of that, of that great glorious majesty of Yahweh. I'll show you a, a, a couple of passages that, that express the majesty of the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 29.11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory. Notice these words, greatness, power, glory, victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord. And you exalt yourself as head over all. Those, those words speak about, again, the very majesty of God. In Psalm 145, verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. We meditate on the very majesty of God, his glory, his power, his authority, his dominion. And it was, again, to be a reminder. How many of you have ever heard the song, Majesty? We should sing it here. I think we did back a long time ago. I'm going to play it for you. Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford, Tito, you know, Tayina, uh, when we were talking tonight, you're talking about a great, like we were talking about there's like extremes in Christianity. You have like an extreme that basically says there are no gifts today and then you have an extreme where it's like, it's like just hyper, you know, charismania, craziness. And in between, you have soundness. You notice Jesus was the man in the middle. And um, Jack Hayford is a, a Pentecostal preacher from uh, out in uh, Van Nuys, California. I've followed Jack and, and, you know, listened to him through, you know, through the years. He's a real sound, sound teacher of the word. And um, here's a man who's really balanced. Believes in all the spiritual gifts, but yet has everything in balance and in order. Has a great church. Went out and visited his church years ago, and just you know, exceptional wor worship. But Jack wrote the song "Majesty," and I'll, I'll, I'll play I'll play it for you. And this is this is Majesty being done. Let me get the sound up. This is Majesty being done by the Maranatha singers. Get that up a little bit. Worship His majesty Unto Jesus Be all glory, honor, and praise Majesty Kingdom authority Flows from His throne Unto His own
Most of the hymns were written 200 years ago. That is one of the greatest hymns. Jack, um, Jack you know, again, Hayford, a great man of God. So again, the tzitzit is a reminder. You know, what, what does the cross do for us? Think about that. Right? You got a cross in your house, right? You got it, maybe a, a cross that you wear on your neck. It is to remind us what, what Jesus did for us on the cross, Right? It is, it is a tzitzit, a reminder. So I, I want to I wrap up with a couple of, a couple of keynotes here. I want to bring you back to the woman, right, who had been bleeding for 12 years, who reached out. Again, she reached out for his cloak, and she got his tzitzit, and she got healed. Right, she, she reached out, right, what does it say? She reached out for his garment, his himation. But she wasn't able to reach it. But she got his tzitzit, right, his kraspadon, and she was healed. And I'll tell you, it's, it's a picture of us, that there are times we may reach out, but our faith, right, maybe our faith is not strong enough, right, to be able to grasp on, to more of him. But all it takes, right, is just a little faith. And that woman's faith, when she reached out, she got healed. Or Jesus said in, in Matthew 9, 22, thy faith had made thee whole. And he said that it is, it is essentially faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Nothing is impossible. I see sometimes people are like, you know, they, I don't have enough faith. All it takes is a little faith for what you're asking for. And, you, you know, you reach out in faith. And again, you, you just may grasp on to his tzitzit. What is our tzitzit today? I believe the Holy Spirit helps us to focus on our tzitzit. I believe the cross is part of our tzitzit. Look what it says. Look what it says in Colossians 2.17. It says, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. The tzitzit was, again, it was just a shadow. Right? It was a shadow. Where is the fulfillment? It is Christ. Christ is, is the fulfillment of the tzitzit. He is, he is the one that, 
that we focus on. He, he is the, the very reality. And I think that, that as we focus on Jesus, and you get your eyes on Jesus, remember who you are. Because again, I, I see Christians, Christians suffer from amnesia, right? I see sometimes Christians in, in places they shouldn't be. I was, I was saying this, we were saying this last night in the dojo, they were talking about uh, going to bars or, or uh, they were, in fact, the leader or, or our teacher was saying, do they even have those clubs anymore where you go in and dance? And, you know, he's my age, so, so we both are like, we, but I looked at them and I said, I don't go to bars. That's not a place I, 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 I should be. I just, I, I just, you will not find, you will not find me in a bar. Even if I'm drinking salsa water in 7-Up, that's just, that's not the place. I bounced in bars for years. Only bad things happen in bars. Because people get drunk, they get into fights, and, you know, just, it's the place that, but I think that times, again, people forget. They forget who they are in Christ. They get amnesia. I think the, the devil's really good at, at, at giving, giving, you know, people in the church amnesia at times. When we look to Jesus and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you remember, you remember who you are. You remember your identity, that you are chosen, that you are called out, that you are a royal priesthood, that you are a kingdom of priests, that you're ambassadors, that you are children of God, that you are sons of God and daughters of God. When we focus on Jesus, right, we want to keep his commandments. We want to obey him. We want to please him. And when we focus on Jesus, that's where we are going to experience and we are going to see the great majesty of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the exact representation of his being. So just, just as Israel looked to the tzitzit to remember who they are, right, to remember the commandments of God, and to remember the majesty of God, when we look to Yeshua, Yeshua is the fulfillment he is the reality. And when we, and this is one of the greatest words that I have ever been given from the Holy Spirit, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because as soon as you get your eyes off of him, you are in trouble. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Remember just looking, looking at the church. And again, this was the church that I came out of. And seeing, seeing things that were amazing, my young Christian mind. I couldn't believe the apathy at times, the mediocrity. I couldn't believe some of the things that people were doing. I couldn't believe the murmuring. We were making a big move, going from a little church building to a big one. It was a major commitment. We were, we were Israel having to walk through the desert, and people were murmuring. They murmur, right? Little people. I hate to say they're little people. The leadership wasn't murmuring. The little people were murmuring. And I saw that, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher says, get your eyes off of people. And that was a great lesson. But he is our tzitzit. And tonight you learned about tzitzits. Amen? Let's have our worship team come up. Have a lot to praise the Lord for. If you don't know, little Reuben. Little Reuben went in for surgery yesterday. And they found that he had liquid behind his eardrums. And they cleared out the liquid. And he was tested. And he hears fine. So, Grandma is here with him tonight. And um, I was on the phone with Chris going back and forth uh, yesterday morning. And um, made my day. Made my week. Praise God. Stand with me. We're going um, to praise the Lord. And you know what I want you to do? We're going to do something a little different tonight. I want you to feel free to roam around the church and pray. So you feel a, a burden for Sunday school, go pray, you know, over the Sunday school rooms. You feel a burden for nursery, cry room, worship team, pulpit preaching. 
you feel free to just kind of roam around and just, you're going to pray. We'll pray for 15 minutes or so. Place your hands. Maybe you just want to go around and pray over chairs, places where people sit, and you're going to put your hands on them. So, Kim, lead us in a final song, and then we're going to go right in, we'll go right into that prayer time.
you, Lord, for being with us tonight. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, you would be with us as we continue to pray. In Jesus' name.